You're listening to Travel Tales with Virgil. I'm delighted to say that my guest today is Longford native Senator Michal Garhi, who's the Shannon spokesman in tourism, culture, arts, sport and media, and who was also previously the Cahirlig of Longford County Council. He is also the chairperson of the County Longford Tourism Committee, so I couldn't have a better guest today to tell us all about what Longford has to offer. As you will hear now, Longford is an Irish county rich in history, culture and literature. For more details on Longford, check out their website, longford.ie. So let's hear from Michal now. So Michal, you're very welcome to the podcast. Great to see you. Thank you very much. The village you're from is Ballinalee, isn't that right? That's right, Ballinalee, uh, the home of the blacksmith of Ballinalee, General Sean McCone. Um, yeah, who was a major national figure, wasn't he, in Irish history and politics? A very significant figure during uh, the War of Independence. He would have been the, um, I suppose the, the leader of the North Longford Flying Column, which would have been one of the most active yeah. columns within the the IRA at the time during the War of Independence, actually captured by the British in Mullingar train station and sentenced to death. Um, I know Michael Collins tried to uh, break him out from Mount Joy um, on at least one occasion, such an important figure that he was. Um, and, you know, from what I've learned from history, and uh, it was actually Lloyd George that sort of commuted his death sentence and that he was released. Um, he was say, such a pivotal figure for, for the movement and for Michael Collins and the treaty negotiations were ongoing. And that was one of the the main things that Collins wanted was that 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 death sentence commuted. Um, and there's a story that uh, Lloyd George said to his nephew when he was out playing cricket or something like that, that, um, that he had a decision to make um, and whether a man would live or die and that would have, a, you know, could have an effect on a lot of things. And it was following that, that he made the decision uh, to commute uh, the sentence. But as you said, Politically, following that, um, McEwen would have actually seconded the treaty in the Dáil and you know, s- s- supported uh, Michael Collins. And then he went on to play a role as you know, chief of staff for the army and then went into political life and served up until 1965, I think, was the year when he was defeated in the long count by Brian Lennon. I think there was six votes in it at the time, but... Over that period, he was he served I think, as Minister for Justice and Minister for Communications and actually ran for the presidency twice. Um, and the second time he ran, um, it was actually against De Valera. And De Valera won, uh, stood down as Taoiseach and ran for the presidency. So a very, 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 you know, significant figure in political life and the history of uh, County Longford. I remember reading something about him saying that that Michael Collins, you know, at the end of the treaty negotiations, he wasn't signing until he came out. That was the version I heard that he that he wasn't signing until he came out. You know, that was his. And and I was kind of going, wow, you know, great political move by Michael Collins because he obviously that was a vote, that was a vote guaranteed as well as everything else. Um, but it's also there were, there were personal friends as uh, Collins, were they? Of course. No. Spent a significant time in Longford with yeah, Granard, which is just 10 minutes up the road from us. So, um, and it would have been Collins that would have come to Longford, and it was 1917 um, to 
to get McKeown strongly involved in the whole fight for freedom at the time. And, you know, stories that I've heard in my youth of a wrestling match um, taking place between McKeown and Collins and Collins won the wrestling match. So McKeown then agreed um, to to join up. At the time, he was running the the forge there in in, in Ballyley and looking after his his, his own his own siblings and his mother, you know. So he had, as was you know, he had to look after them. But um, Collins won out and got him involved, and as I say, played a significant part in Irish history with the you know a large number of raids on RIC barracks. Um, you know, raids. Tonfin just up the road from us, about three miles, you know, a well known ambush uh, site, and where four or four members of auxiliaries were, were, were killed. But even when McKeown was being tried at the time, after being arrested, some of the soldiers actually gave evidence in his favour of the way he had looked after them, that he had stayed till the very end treating them, even wow. when reinforcements were coming back, and that they had. Um, you know, that they had um, mm-hmm. looked after him. And, and actually, you know, and the name escapes me now at the minute. Uh, a soldier that was a member of auxiliaries happened to come back 50 years later and go to the site. And I think McEwan happened to be there and met up and sort of kept in contact after that for a number of years. You know, one that was on either side at the time. Mm-hmm. But they recognised, you know, that once the the battle was over at the time. There was a number of people dead, but he treated the wounded um, and looked after those that had been deceased, and you know, let the others uh, go. You know, so and even that ambush is used by the American um, in in West Point. Go away. Uh, in military training, for, as in for like guerrilla warfare tactics, is it? Or? Tactics that was used and how they set it up and where they based themselves and how they sort of, you know, set up the mine and where he had people positioned, you know, for mm. it. And indeed the same happened in, in, in Ballinalee, where I live. Um, the Bacantans came in to burn it in November 1920. Um, and the McEwen used a cottage in the middle, Rose Cottage, which we are actually... Will be reopening in, on the 103rd anniversary um, as a, a War of Independence interpretive centre. Uh, but he used that cottage, but he positioned men around the village um, in different on different roads and lookouts. And I think it was ten Crosley tenders came in to burn it, and a battle ensued on the on the on the, in right in in the village. And it was the first town or village in Ireland to defeat the Tans when they came in to burn it. Um, now I've heard stories. There's nothing on record, but some people have gone to you know, the British Military Museum, and there was a number of deaths of British um, um, soldiers at the time. But they weren't attributed to any other action that took place, or no other action took place bar there. But they said there has been anecdotal stories that there was a number of kills. You know, there was blood on the street um, there. But it was, it was. A great moral victory for the local IRA at the time to have actually stopped them coming in and burning the village. Like the first, the first I heard about this, about that history about um, Longford, and I, it's got your, your, I have to say, your county's amazing history was last year for my podcast. I interviewed John Connell, who I think comes from your same village. Yeah. That's why I asked you. And I had this time last year, I actually interviewed him 
and he you know, did his three great books, the Longford Trilogy, they call it now, The Stream of Everything, and particularly, say, the second book about the running book. He goes in a lot talk, talking about the history of Longford, uh, you know, from prehistoric times to now, and The Stream of Everything as well, you know, from the Vikings and, uh, you know, and, and way be- before, but, you know, talking about having Viking boats used to be moored in Loch Ree. Like, they, like, that was kind of like a base for him, and, you know, so far inland, but... It what made me realize Longford is just it's it's oozing with history, isn't it? Because, the character it goes back. Um, you know, you mentioned the Vikings and we, the, the Norman moat in Granard going back to yeah. 11th century. But even in my own local area, we have old Clumbrony. Uh, our parish is Clumbrony, but that's uh, a site that um, St Patrick came to after he was released from Sleeve Fish. And Emer and Brona, who were the two daughters of Milku, um, followed followed them there and set up a nunnery. And in in my parish, and that's what in my parish, Balnali is in the parish of Clum Bronach. Um, and so they set up a you know, religious settlement there. And so that goes back to about 500 AD um, in my local area. And the ruins of is still there and, and it's, it's an old um, Roman Catholic graveyard, but it's the site, you know, as I say, it's come back 1500 years. Yeah, uh, so one of the oldest in Ireland, I would say. Wouldn't yeah, it no, it, yeah, it, 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 it would be. Um, so as I said, it's, it's steeped in history, but particularly, I suppose, from 1798 onwards, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of history, like the, 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 the English, when they were going to, before they went to Balnamuk, they stayed in Balnally overnight, Went the yeah, the Battle of Balnamuk, and when they were retreating back, they stayed again overnight in Balnally, and that's where a lot of the United Irishmen that were captured were all hung or slaughtered or whatever it may be, and are actually buried uh, in a copy graveyard in the village uh, as well. So it's a lot of, as I say, a lot of links, but particularly last two yeah. two hundred fifty years. And the knights and conquests, the Hertie Centre in Grenard is is a great place, isn't it? It's very active and. It's a great one for people. There's not to be places like that in Ireland, actually. No, no, it's unique. And yeah. I look forward to us breaking ground on, you know, the building, actually, Norman Heritage Village. And um, we have funding secured. We're just, I mean, a little bit more funding. And we fought Ireland and bought the Lamford County Council and rural regeneration funding from the government uh, to develop that village. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite hopeful that we break ground on that. Uh, this year, and uh, we'll have a you know a full Norman heritage settlements to to go on, you know to to work with the actual centre that is there you know at present, and uh, you know we look forward to inviting tens of thousands more tourists to to Longford to come and visit that at the site of the highest moat in Ireland, which is located right underneath and uh, where this is going to be developed. What I love about going to somewhere like Longford is you go there. I love going to places where. People, the, the love of their local area comes out. And I just realized that we haven't even talked about who you are. <laughs> and we're already like we've been talking. We just went straight into history. So could you let people know, actually, just about a little bit about yourself? Um, I suppose I'm Michael Carrigy. I'm born and bred in the village of Banali. Um, probably going back from what I've looked at least, I think, seven generations of Carrigies in the Banali area. So um, the family is well ensconced in the local community. Um 
I've been involved in, I suppose, a lot of, particularly in sports, GEA, I'd be well known, um, working with underage structures within the GEA and the county, and I've served at both a Leinster and at a provisional level within Crow Park, but I've been involved in politics, or well, I've been involved in community life all my, all my life, community work, be it from Faroiga to Macron Affirm, as I got involved at underage, tidy towns, and led into getting involved in politically to try and, you know, I suppose, develop more things initially in my own local area. That's when I went for the council and I was elected in 2009 in, in, in the Granard area. First time out, I've been re-elected 2014 and 19 uh, since that, but I've gone on to a national stage. I suppose I got a, a love of politics when I got involved. Um, look at working after my own local area, my district, and I, I wanted to go further and try and look after and do more for my county. Um, I'm very proud of where I'm from. I love where I'm from. I don't want to be from anywhere else. Um, we have a fantastic county. Um, I think it gets knocked too much in the in, in the national media. And I think a wrong, a wrong vision or a wrong view of Longford has got out there over the last, you know, 10, 12 years, I suppose, in particular. And that's, when I was involved in the council, I got involved in the local, well, at the tourism committee, to be honest, at the time, there was actually no link with nearly with the tourism committee and the local authority. And it was a struggle to get things done. So I got involved as chairperson of it. And we've tried to build that link, develop the strategy, identify back a long number of years ago what assets we had. We, we, you know, we had no four-star hotel in the county. We felt we were losing out on a lot of, tourists and a lot of business and um, the fact that we were losing a lot of weddings in particular um in, in in the county so you know we need decided to be proactive about it and like, there's no point in expecting someone to come here and provide something for you we had to do work ourselves and build up the product that we have to try and you know promote the county and then you know maybe somebody would look on it in a more you know positive light with regard to developing a hotel and that's where the whole strategy I suppose on developing the royal canal started uh, first of all, that link from Longford out to Tlundra, we set up a company, uh, seven of us, um, myself, a couple, number of members of the local authority, and we asked another couple of um, community workers as well to get involved, and we set up Longford Tlundra Mini Limit uh, as a company to leverage money from the Rural Development uh, Fund, and we got €200,000 um, of a grant uh, to start work, we worked in conjunction with Waterways Ireland and leased the banks of the canal um, out as far as Clondra and working with the local council. The council, you know, put over €100,000 into the project as well. And that's where we developed that first 16 kilometre section uh, from the town out to Clondra. That's what them, did. it was the discussions of, with that and sort of the whole idea of developing the whole right canal you know, spawned from that and discussions with um the Waterways Ireland, um Michael Baines and Ian Rowe in particular were two people that we worked with. I know in my own committee we had a uh, particular Donna Macambaho who was a senior planner and uh, and Mickey Nevin and we Started conversations, and I suppose it was from there. Conversations took place with other local authorities, um, Westmead, you know, Westmead, Mead, Kildare, Dublin, to push on the whole idea of developing the entire Royal Canal from Spencer Dock to Clondra, where it meets the Shannon. So, you know, that 
I suppose, gathered pace and I suppose with, with money coming on stream more so from 2016 onwards, you know, and with waterways on board and Foster Ireland were, you know, fully behind us, you know, it's the funding came in place to start to develop the sections. And as I say, now we have the green, you know, the green way or the famine way up as far as Minute done. And I know there's a bit of an issue in a section there in Castleknock in Dublin that has to be addressed. And hopefully when that's addressed, as I say, finalise and finish it the whole way to Spencer Dock. And like our view was always that we'd either be at the beginning or at the end of it, whichever way you want to look at it in Longford and that we turn it into like the Camino, that it's something that everyone would want to do at some stage, do either walk it, cycle it, or run it. Um, I think you walk it in three days, run it in two days, or cycle it in one day. <laughs> that was the thing that you could do it. But the people, it'd be a thing to do, and that's sort of yeah. happening in the background now. You know, it's now becoming the famine way as well, because that's coming from um Strokestown the whole way up as well right up to Virginia Johnson at the Epic Centre there beside Spencer Dock so was it a conversation there is it going to be the Royal Canal Greenway or is it going to be the Famine Way you know but it, it, it's a product that we can benefit from and we've already seen ancillary businesses and that was one of the things we wanted at the time too was we would see businesses spawn off it be it bicycles hire be it canoeing and kayak and or even be your little small cafe, and there's been a number of them have, have been set up. We have a two bicycle hire um, on it, and we have a couple of people doing canoeing and a couple of clubs based on it. So it's definitely bringing people, um, but I suppose we need to push it on when we get it fully finished up um, and really, really promote it. And all the counties have come together jointly in, and are jointly promoting it. Um, so I think it can be you know a product that we can be proud of and ultimately i'd love to see and we had you know so we had floated it and conversations took place with actually linking the royal canal with uh the western great western greenway so that we cross the river shannon uh, work has been done from plundrao up into lanesborough there's a board number one a bridge crossover into the west of ireland we don't need to build another bridge we have one there we can use and ultimately go across from Roscommon into Mayo, and that you could do from Spencer Dock to Ackle Island. A lot of the push was to develop it through Galway. Now, it would have been an easier option to go the other way, but they wanted to have that finish point um, from Dublin to Galway. So but we'll get there. There's huge potential, hasn't it? I mean, that, that's a huge thing now, outdoor tourism and adventure tourism or walking. It's like, by by multiples it's it's the growing area and in a way like ireland like we've got the perfect weather i you know for summertime it's not too hot you know for walking like it can become unbearable in in europe so it's got i think that's got such potential hasn't it for growth tourism well, like, like when we were say identifying that's you know what have we got in Longford? you know we've looked fantastic forests rivers lakes canals utilize what we have um, and build on that, and and so that's you know better place to come if you want to go cycling, walking. We our forest trails, we have it all here. Um, so that, look, it, it's it's a fantastic product that we have, and we've expanded it with different walks. I suppose in say New Newcastle Woods, Derry Castle Woods, Commons North, even more in Lanesborough, even more bog walk. Um, and you know, complement that with you said, you know, the Royal Canal and there's some smaller walks around the county. But ultimately, 
I love to see you do uh, connect all these to do cycling and walk on trails that you could do longer distance, yeah. um, you know, up to 200 kilometers of a walk or a cycle in particular at that long distance. Yeah. But that's what the European market looks for. They, exactly. don't want, they want a week, don't they? Yeah, they want a week and they don't want to go to A to B. They want to go A loops rather exactly. than over and back, you know, so... We have more work to do. I think it's great branding like Ireland's you know, hidden heartland. And you were very involved in that, weren't you? As a chairperson, I would have been very vocal on, you know, the fact that I've seen signs going up for Ireland's... Um, ancient East. Ancient East. And yeah. to be honest, it frustrated me because, you know, we're not in the East, we're in the Midlands. And we had no brands that we would have linked in with false Ireland to put pressure on, you know, about looking about creating a brand name for the Midlands as we were looking at the likes of the Lakelands um, area and we weren't, I'll be honest, getting a lot of headway. There wasn't an appetite from Falch Ireland to develop another brand. That had the three brands, Dublinia, Ireland's Ancient East and the Wild Atlantic Way. But uh, you know, I'd have to compliment Minister Boxer at the time was very supportive. Um, I would have spoken to him about it at the time and we and I would have spoke politically um, within my own party, as I say, I'm involved in politics as well in Fine Gael. And we got it in as part of the programme for government that it would be looked at. And when they looked at it, they found that appetite was there for off the beaten track, slow, easy tourism away from the wide Atlantic way and away from Ireland's ancient east. So there was a, an appetite there. And when they, they carried out the various studies and scope and they came back with the brand name uh, Ireland's Hidden Heartlands, which I think, which I think is an apt, yeah. you know, he identifies where we are and where we're from and it is hidden um, and needs to be explored um, but it is at the heart of Ireland we're at the centre of the country the spine of the country and you know we have a lot to offer a lot of natural natural beauty but and a naturally beautiful people as well um, live, living in the area so you know as I say it's there to be explored our rivers our lakes our boglands and I know that's we're developing developing infrastructure around that for people uh, to come and explore and see what we have here. You know, like when I go abroad, that's what I'm always looking for. I'm always looking for, you know, the the hidden, the off the beaten track places, you know, away from the big touristy places that can be more expensive and full of people. So, you know, that's you have to assume the tourists that are coming to Ireland, that's what they want as well. They they want to to get away from the crowds and they want to go somewhere where you get the the real flavour of Ireland, where people will welcome you. And I, th- I think Longford is like that, isn't it? That like when tourists are there, they're going to get a, a special welcome. That's it. You're going to get a natural welcome from um, very you know warm-hearted uh, people. And you know, I think as I say, I think the title Heartlands, I think, is very apt because we're at the heart of the country, and I think we're your warmest welcome that you will get um, is in the Midlands and a lot of the natural beauty and a lot of the old traditions are still still there. You know, it, as I said, you, you can get the natural flavour of old Ireland and we've, you know, uh, we have Joni Egan actually there, the cooking school set up on a, a rural farm, teaching, making brown bread, boxy, cooking, go out, feed the calves, fantastic success. But it's back to simple things as well, you know, and, daily life in, in, in you know in, in Ireland and um as I say we've you know you, you know fantastic view you go over to the likes of Corley Bog there and I think it's completely underutilized off the public work site 
in Carly with you know the the wooden track way mm. back a couple of a thousand years. But when you go out there, I'll tell you, you know, just that peace and quiet and in the in the in the boglands, you know, like it's just it's tranquil, you know. And as I say, I don't think you know not enough people um have visited our, our you know even people from our own county to be honest. You know, you know, we need to we need to sell our own county, know our own county and promote our own county. And slowly we're beginning to to do that. And I think one thing that I suppose post COVID uh, people got to see our own county a lot more than the country yeah. travel outside it. And I think we appreciate we appreciate more what we have um than we did previously. So that actually that's what John Connell's book, The Stream of Everything, that's how he it was during COVID. So he just uh went down the river, you know. Hamlin, and that's, it's it's ironically yeah. a conversation myself and John had a number of years previously. I oh, thought really? Well, I discussed yeah. about the Camelon and utilizing it and putting in a canoe drop and canoeing from there out. So we've actually the canoe drop is in in Balnali, and I'm I'm actually going looking for funding now to clean off the sides of the river. Some people do do it, but it needs a, a bit of work um, to try and clean off the sides of it and take away any trees where there's blockages and stuff like that, and really open it up. That flows through right through the heart of Longford Town, out to Clondra, and like people have always said, it would open it up the canal right into Longford Town you know our, and lifting the two bridges on the then 5 and then 63 but that's you're talking 20-25 million to do that because there's already mm-hmm. national laws going through where the canal was but we have the river that's there and I suppose over the years back years ago Longford turned us back on the River Camelot and people didn't exist now so we've sort of we're going to refocus now and open it up and, and uh, the river and I think that's an ideal opportunity to utilize the river, get people kayaking and canoeing it and using it. And you can actually go down the Camelon River out onto the River Shannon and back up the Royal Canal into the harbour there in Clondra. So I don't think there's too many places that you can actually go on, as I say, a major river or river and a, and a canal um, as well. And you have Loch Forbes as well, too, that you can link into. So it's quite unusual that you can be on a lake a canal and a river in the one loop. So there's a Royal Camelon, there's a Camelon Blueway. So we want to extend that back into Longford Town and back up to, to Balnally where it's still navigable. What I loved about that book was that it showed you like like the, the the flora, but like the different animals and the birds and the history and dragonflies and every really made you appreciate the minutiae of, of a, like an Irish river, particularly one that's like quiet and you know, really, I thought it was just magical, that book, wasn't it? Yeah, no, as I say, I know, and, and getting to meet maybe a local farmer out on the field. Yeah, where exactly. Down doing things, and as I say, just peaceful and tranquil. And I grew up as a young age fishing on that river myself. No, we didn't catch didn't catch too many things, but it was a thing yeah. we'd done in our youth on that river. And I know at one, in another spot, we used to, we used to bank it at a point where it was a sandy base and, learned how to you know swim actually in in that in that river you know so uh lots of good memories very very proud to be from longford um and honored to represent longford up here um, in political life in in, in lancer house and that's sort of you know working towards making it a, um a better a better place um and hopefully should we work on the tourism committee you know to to show other people you know what what, what we have and bring more people and bring more prosperity, bring more more jobs. As I said, we've seen just 
the canal that we you know the bit the bit of the work that's been done we've seen the businesses that have been created and the knock-on effect in the likes of even abby abby shrewl there we've a hub there now on the on 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 the edge of the canal seen the expansion of the rustic inn now with a bit of accommodation we've a couple of b&b's on it but we've cycling uh cycling place places in both Clundran and Ballymahan, as I said, a few mobile coffee shops, etc., that are on the canal from people using it. So like you're creating a bit a few jobs as well. Um so like that's 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 positive and it's look it's about ultimately the next generation and generation after that to be able to live and work here and have a good quality of life. And I think that's the that's the priority the priority. Few friends that were coming to Longford for the weekend was uh, you've mentioned a lot of things now already, but is there anything that you'd sort of go, yeah, I must bring them there or I must do this activity? If you'd mates coming to Longford for the weekend, would you go fishing? I haven't done in a long number of years myself. Have you not? Um, I just just was got away from it now and haven't, haven't done it. But um, you know, look, you only have to look over the River Shannon there in Lansborough. Um, out on to Lockery, Lockery Actress for all both people want to get out on on Lockery um, to go fishing even even in North Longford back down Lockgown etc like that that was all a strong you know fishing tradition tradition um, down there and a significant number of people from the UK used to uh, come come over you know as I said Lockgown there I think is underutilised to be quite honest there's an opportunity there something we looked at as well for Sort of outdoor activity um, tourism on the lake there in in, in Dring, uh, where we have a you know a launch a harbor or small harbor and other for parking facilities, toilet facilities, and that. I think there's an opportunity. Lockery, I think there's massive opportunity there to you know develop that and promote that. Um, you know we we have developed driving trails and we have them um, particularly to the literary trail mainly South Longford. Um, Edgerstown, you know, Goldsmiths, Mariah Edgeworth, and we have the Mariah Edgeworth Centre there in Edgerstown, um, you know, to, you know, promote, uh, you know, the, the books and the, the writings of Mariah Edgeworth and their whole link to education. And they recently had a, you know, very successful Mariah Edgeworth uh, weekend there. Um, but we have, you know, the Rebel Trail, as I say, in North Longford to link in with that whole history with the yeah. Land League, the, um, 1798 and the War of Independence. So they're all, you know, driving trails that have been developed with audio-visual points on them like that. So in a number of different languages for people um, to, I suppose, to take a trip and see the history on the ground, you know, like particularly, you know, as I said, the Rebel, Rebel Trail, like you have, the sites in Balnamoak, you have when you go to Granard, you have Greville Arms where Kitty Kiernan's family lived, you have the Clonfin ambush site which has been developed and then the same to Balnalee, one of the, the cottage there, McKeown's actual forge um, has been rebuilt um, where he was a blacksmith himself, so yeah. you know opportunities there to you know do a couple of loops of the county both north, north and south and you know take in Say particularly even their literary history. It's always a great literary tradition in Longford, and Granard had a book festival this year, didn't it? Yeah, no, the the, the great, fantastic success, uh, the book festival. You know, and it's it's there to stay. It's there for again. Yeah, one to watch out for some great guests. 
Yeah, yeah. No, that, it was brilliant. I was up a couple of nights at it myself, and it was brilliant. Brilliant. There's you know people from all over the country, and you know produced to John in particular. You know that would have probably used a lot of his contacts um, mm-hmm. to do it. And like my view, and you know, is in long for some of these people not you know, and that's why we don't do things. And my idea would be why not? Why why can't we not do it? You know, totally. do it and build these little festivals. You know, we have the. The short film festival based in Ballymahan. You know, there's lots to do when you come and stay. You know, from from that point of view, as regard with regard to the arts and and, and theatre, there's lots to do. Exactly. Uh, back down to the basics, you know, and exactly. that's the heart of the country. That's that's that's. I think best I. Mentality you get is coming to it's coming to Longford. It feels like it's the beginning of, of tourism in the county. Actually, you know, I know it sounds maybe strange saying that, but I just think it's got such potential. The county, yeah, no, like it has. Like I said, we had the lowest numbers for years. Probably weren't we weren't promoting ourselves properly, but I think we know we've got together local like, sort of got the local authority involved, members of the local authority in the committee. Um, we look for funding for a tourism officer, so successful in that. So now we have two people, you know, uh, Dipna and Tara, there in the office coordinating, you know, doing all the promotional work, looking, you know, helping us looking for grants to develop projects. As a committee, we've the you know developed projects. We've put in signage in the towns and villages around the county. Village signs nearly and all the all the, all the villages in the whole county and stuff like that. So look, we're getting great support now from the the local authority. You know, to be honest, to you know to push this on and hopefully we're successful. These other bits of funding now. I really appreciate it. Thanks all for right. all the time. All right, thank you. I have to say that Longford is a very special part of Ireland. It truly is a beautiful part of Ireland, waiting to be discovered by many Irish people. Longford recently made national attention in the tourism sector when Centre Park set up one of Ireland's largest tourist attractions. It's got over 100 activities on offer for up to 2,500 guests in luxurious lodges on site at Newcastle Woods. But there are also more attractions and activities in the county for tourists, including the Royal Canal Greenway from Clonnara to Dublin, which is the longest linear greenway in Ireland. There is also the National Famine Way from Strokestown, which is a great trail for walkers. For history buffs, there's the Corley Trackway Visitor Centre in Kenna, which is home to the ancient Iron Age Bog Road, which dates all the way back to 148 BC. Then there's also the Knights and Conquest Heritage Centre in Gennard, which is a Norman Ireland interactive visitor centre adjacent to Ireland's tallest motte. So for more information on all the sites and activities in Longford, please go to their website, longford.ie. I look forward to sharing more travel tales with you in the coming weeks. Take care and safe travels.